Welcome to Inside Parliament, a weekly catch-up about the political stories we've been covering at One News. We're coming to you live from the legendary TVNZ Beehive studio. And this week, Andrea Vance has been off sick. And so today, joining me is Stacey Kirk, a political reporter from staff based here in the Press Gallery as well. Welcome. Thank you. Go easy. <laughs> so we've been in recess this week, but it's still managed to be busy. The Prime Minister's been overseas. She started that by last week heading to Sydney for a very quick whirlwind trip where a number of issues were raised, trying to repair that relationship with Australia. Let's have a look at that track. A stunning Sydney setting for some serious talks and neither leader wanting to rock the boat. Uh, Got some fans out there. Prime <laughs> Minister, you should wave to them. <laughs> I think that, looks, that might, be a, might be a boatload of Kiwis, yes. perhaps. Jacinda Ardern went into today's meeting promising to raise the issue of Kiwi deportees. But Malcolm Turnbull says it's Australia's moral right to continue to send them back across the Tasman, even if some have never stepped foot in Aotearoa. It is our sovereign right, as it is yours, uh, to determine whether and in what circumstances uh, non-citizens can uh, remain you know, within our borders. 40% of offenders who appeal their deportation from Australia win. And our Prime Minister says she has a better understanding of the issues now she's in the top job. Ultimately, uh, it, is a, it is in the Australian government's hands to determine how they manage that element of the policy. I think it's what you're seeing with this government. They talk a very big game, and they did in opposition, but actually in reality, you know, that's not where it's at. The pair much more interested in talking about working together in the Pacific and to combat international threats and building on our economic relationship. We're committed to creating a trans-Tasman environment that allows our small businesses to thrive. At a lunch attended by more than a thousand Kiwi and Australian business people, Ms Adern revealed she's asked officials to look at stopping outgoing departure cards for trips across the Tasman. And as for trying to get more Kiwi business opportunities across the ditch, the Prime Minister is doing her bit, gifting Malcolm and Lucy Turnbull a pair of all-bird shoes. I'm trying to spread the comfort internationally. Jacinda Ardern, clearly comfortable on the international stage and walking the fine line of diplomacy. So it does seem like Jacinda Ardern is, has rebuilt that relationship with Australia after what was a bit of a rocky time. She's sort of John Key obviously had a very good relationship with those the, the relationship with the previous prime ministers, uh, and it was important that she got that back on track. I guess she did have to. It was it was off track. Uh, no matter how much they they tried they to tried say to. it wasn't. <laughs> um, it was it, it was made a lot tougher by her rhetoric, and, and they were seriously deeply unhappy. I don't know if that was. So much, um, you know, she had to adjust her language, but I actually might credit it more to sort of the behind-the-scenes work that Winston Peters probably did. And, a lot, and the uh, other staffers and others who yeah, do this. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, you know, I think with that trip, um, she, she had to say all the right things, and um, she did. Um, but, yeah, I, I think there's still probably a, a serious amount of mistrust over our sort of overall uh, approach. Yeah, and I think, they'll, I think they'll be testing. New Zealand's still unhappy with those issues like deportees, mm -hmm. and Labour in opposition for nine years has been extremely critical of, of some of Australia's actions and the New Zealand government's mm. response to that. So, therefore, to stand there like they have to, because this is how diplomacy's done, they stand there smiling and, have, and mm. saying that they're best mates and all of that, you know... Um, but behind the scenes, there will still be concerns amongst that. I think what was interesting from a business point of view was that lunch where there were a 1,000 people, and I did get amongst that extremely quick trip, I did get a 
quick couple of minutes with some of those people who attended the lunches and the business forum and so forth and they said that there was a lot of interest now in that New Zealand-Australian business relationship um, that perhaps a new government has revitalised that almost that, they, that there is some talk about how things could possibly be different there's a lot of nerves about what the New Zealand the new government could do and what it could mean and I think having Jacinda Ardern and all those ministers turn up perhaps gave them a bit more reassurance about uh, across the Tasman about what the new government might, might do or not do. Yeah, and even on this side, obviously, the fact that um, business confidence has dropped slightly, I yeah. think that's normal, apparently, with a, a Labour government. Um, they would have been conscious of that, um, given how much Australia just loved John Key and Bill yes. English. Yeah. Um, they really had to had to put on a massive display. show. Yeah. Um, uh, so, yeah, they, they'll be reassured by that. Um, and I think, you know, again, I would actually probably credit Winston. Totally. Um, <laughs> And in fact, and the trade officials Before. with laying the groundwork first, because um, because I think you know the there was actually a, you know when when Jacinda and um and Labor came into government, there was a lot of act- surprise, <laughs> surprise, and and close to indignation, animosity yeah. towards them as well from Australia. And I think what someone else, um, a couple of Australians said to me over there is, is they're actually surprised that uh, New Zealand voted the way they did or that the government has ended up the way it did because from their point of view they saw John Key and Bill English's stewardship through the financial mm. crisis and all that and how well the, our economy has managed to, to track along compared to in Australia mm. and they looked to us, they looked to New Zealand a lot and thought wow we were doing really well so, so for a change in government came as a massive surprise and that's where that yeah. sort of uncertainty from businesses came as well. They also didn't really understand how they worked yeah, as well. They so. can't, I don't think they can ever criticise our politics given what happens yeah. over there. So. I, I don't know that they even accept now that New Zealand voted the way they the, did. The way, did, the way yeah. we did. The, and the other big issue there as well, and of course uh, Jacinda Ardern and Winston Peters have gone on to the Pacific this week, was Winston Peters' interesting comments about a reset in the Pacific, about China's uh, that New Zealand was perhaps too quick to sign up to China's Belt and Road policy that the government, national government did just before the election last year and also that there needs to be more focus on the Pacific in terms of aid. Now I remember John Key and Murray McCulley talking about that so this isn't unheard of but it comes as no surprise really that Winston Peters has said that as well. Yeah, yeah he um, and he had I think quite a few issues with the way the last um, with, with the way the last sort of um, lots foreign policy was set. Yes. Um, so this is a really big area where he can lay a big claim himself. But I think um, you know there's been like a lot of commentary around um, you know he seemed to be almost designating a shift away from China, and I don't know I think that was a bit. It's a bit too much to sort of claim that. I think he's probably just um, actually adjusting, or the nuance is probably somewhere in between the middle, where he is adjusting uh, for the fact that China is a presence, yes, um, huge presence in in the Pacific. And I don't know. I feel like this is more of a maturation of the Pacific foreign policy. You know, we have to kind of treat them more as um, indiv- independent entities in their own right, um, and gain their respect, sort of regain their respect rather than, you know, that, Take pater- them for rather granted. Than, yeah, rather yeah. than that paternalistic view that we've probably had for a while and then that will open up those relationships more so we actually have more insight into what China's doing there because I don't think we know the full extent. No, I think I, covering a number of Pacific Island forums over the years, there was, I always felt that Australia and New Zealand were the mum and dad or the big brother and sister mm-hmm. and they treated the Pacific countries like that. Not, not mm-hmm. surprisingly, but I think, like you're saying, is that we almost took it for 
granted that they rely on us and they like us and mm. they're going to do what we want. They might vote how we want on international forums and so forth. And that hasn't yeah. happened, obviously. Um, and there's been a bit of a battle between China and Taiwan. Um, China spends a lot of money on, on on buildings and projects and stuff in the Pacific to get their votes on in certain ways and to get yep. their support for things. The US, I remember in, I think, 2012, Hillary Clinton came to the Pacific Island Forum in Rarotonga, which was incredible for her to turn up. She mm -hmm. was Secretary, Secretary of State at the time to turn up. And that was because the US were worried about the influence of China. So it all comes mm. back to that battle over what's happening. Who who can have influence and power in the Pacific? Yeah, yeah. And then those those loans, like sort yeah. of cheap interest loans and, and gifts to, to island nations. But like they're Tonga. never going to be able to pay back. Exactly. And then so then what is China going to want in return for that? Um, yes, yes. On the world stage, you know, votes yep. at the UN or even just sort of... Um, Location-wise, strategic, and I mean it makes wise. it makes sense mm. for our for New Zealand's aid to be to be focused on the Pacific. We poke, you know, mm. and Winston Peters clearly said in his speech that there are a lot of issues there that if we don't start doing more on, it's going to create problems for us as well. The problem being, of course, that he wants more money. He wants MFAT to have more money. Where is that money to going to go from? I think a big part of that speech was a bid for more funds as well, mm. and uh, and I think he he may be lucky for <laughs> if that happens. Uh, the other big issue for this week, while we thought it might be a quiet recess with the Prime Minister and the Foreign Minister and a number of them overseas, was this surprise, well maybe not too surprising, but the resignation of Stephen Joyce on Tuesday uh, afternoon. Let's have a look at what happened both with him and with Amy Adams then taking on finance. Oh, we think it's um, pretty legal. Taken on by rap superstar Eminem. Oh. And by a flying sex toy. I've had to strive very hard to get that international profile. But a higher profile in his party was his goal last week. Now Stephen Joyce is quitting politics for good. He insists, though, he has confidence in new leader Simon Bridges. If I was in a petulant mood, I'd probably go to the back benches, grow a beard and just sit there fuming for a while. The former finance minister had been told he'd retain a front bench position in Mr Bridges' reshuffle, but wouldn't be getting the plum finance portfolio. No, he didn't offer finance, and that's all right. Um, I'm not even sure that if I'd had finance, I would have necessarily stayed the full two and a half years. You know, I have no doubt if Stephen had decided to stay, he would have made a very strong uh, contribution. Mr Joyce was National's campaign manager for five elections and a central part of the Sir John Key Bill English trio. Stephen's a, a real loss for us, and uh, as a friend of his, as a colleague of his, um, I'm sad to see him go. The whole thing has been an absolute blast and an absolute uh, privilege. As for regrets, the List MP says there's always a few. He's been criticised for losing the 2016 Northland by-election and over his allegations of an $11 billion hole in Labor's budget. And as for choosing the song Eminem-esque for National's 2014 election campaign... Do you still think it was pretty legal? Oh, uh, Katie, it's just not going to go there today. He's likely to be replaced by Wellington up-and-comer Nicola Willis. Nicola is a real talent in terms of uh, deep experience in the commercial sector, but also in politics, having been an advisor for John Key. The father of two wants to go back to the commercial world. I'd like to get on and get things done. Cheers. And like his mates, Sir John and Bill English, he plans to spend more time with his family. National's newest number cruncher is on a mission. The government is going to be under increasing pressure to make its numbers work. Simon Bridges selecting Amy Adams as his finance spokesperson. Cheers. 
replacing the retiring Stephen Joyce. She jumped from number seven to three in the rankings. The pair deny her failed leadership bid played a role. Amy would have been my choice for finance spokesman for the National Party, whether or not she was a contestant. We both made it clear that whoever of us won, uh, the other person would have a significant role. Ms Adams is the first woman with the finance portfolio since Ruth Richardson in the early 90s. The financial statements of the government of New Zealand. Quite often women in politics have an assumption that they will be perhaps steered towards social policy or that will be their area of interest. For me equality is when uh, women are equally present in, in the financial infrastructure, commercial spheres. And what about the other leadership contenders, Mark Mitchell and Judith Collins? Well, she's tipped to get regional development, taking on Shane Jones. While there's speculation Mr Mitchell could get the hefty portfolio of foreign affairs, replacing Jerry Brownlee. Already celebrating is Nicola Willis. She'll become Parliament's newest MP when Stephen Joyce departs. What a great birthday present. Um, I am so happy. While she's happy just to be AMP, others have their eye on Mr Bridges' reshuffle. A few up a bit, uh, a few sort of not quite where they were. But I don't think, you know, that will be um, the emphasis. It's certainly not the emphasis I'm going. It is on that blend of experience and fresh talent. Earlier in the week, Mr Bridges name-checked Todd Mueller, Sarah Dowie and Stuart Smith as up-and-comers. Probably a silly thing to do that, uh, to be putting names out and getting some hopes up. The rest of National's caucus will have to wait until next week to hear what their new roles are. I remember the, the scones and lollies this week, very important. New lollies though, a bit controversial, not as good as the old ones, but we still have lolly cups here at Parliament. I'm a big fan of the milk bottles, <laughs> I think they're better. Uh, and so Stephen Joyce, did we expect it? Did we think it was going to come this week? I don't know if we expected it this week, but it's not surprising. I mean, there's very now that he has he's got a clear indication that he's not going to be leader. He's not the star child. Yeah, he was told he was not going to get finance. What else is there for him? He, it, was inevi- it was inevitable once, yeah. once that happened, I think. Not necessarily that he went now, but he went at some point. But mm. why not go now? Before the reshuffle, let Simon clear the decks, let Simon Bridges, gives, give Simon Bridges a big space on the front bench for someone else. Mm-hmm. Uh, he talked earlier in the week about Todd Mueller, Sarah Dowie and uh, Stuart Smith being his uh, up-and-comers, although he then admitted yesterday that he probably shouldn't have said that, and that's created mm. some tensions. Others in the caucus say, hey what about me Um, but you can see that there'll be room probably quite high up for those three now yeah and Simon will learn yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, he's new in the role, so he'll. I think they'll give him some breathing room on that. But yeah, I but think you... Joyce's departure is important to give him breathing room. It was quite gracious, I guess, at the mo- at, in that regard to go go cleanly. Because even even if Joyce was not going to um, actively, you know, undermine undermine Simon, there was always going to be those stories or those questions hanging around from others. So yeah, and I think what the stars. I mean, it's. I think it's always nice when politicians go out on their own uh, will rather than being kicked out. But also. You've then got others sitting around, still David Carter, Chris Finlayson, possibly Jerry Browning and Nicky Nick Wagner. Smith, Nicky Wagner, being talked about um, as possibly going. And if they sit there for the next two and a half years, that doesn't that that stops like Labor did. Labor had this real problem when they mm. lost government following uh, the um, 2007 election, where they had a lot of their old MPs and ministers sit, sit around for a long time. And actually, opposition's a time for that refresh. And, and National's mm. been very good at that over the past few years. And it's where this. I think Christopher Mason and David Carter will go soon. Mm. Simon Bridges said yesterday that he thinks that will happen, not necessarily in the next few days, but in the next few months. Mm. It's easier as well if you don't have to cause a by-election, of course, which David Carter and Christopher Mason are listening 
rest in peace, Stephen Joyce, they can go. Yeah. It's a lot harder when you've got the call to make over whether to force the cost of a by-election. Yeah, so in the last six months, I, I would imagine before the term, when, when by-elections yeah. no longer become a problem, there'll be more? Yes, yeah. yeah. so I think Nick Smith said last week that he doesn't believe in going mid-term, that he'll be thinking about his future. I know there's definitely move within the party for, for some of them to leave it sooner rather than later, but that's their prerogative, that's their choice. I think if, perhaps if they don't get front bench roles, they may change their mind as well. Yeah, well, they've got a, a, at least two or three more um, reasonably talented or at least um, valuable vote-wise um, people waiting in the wings as well. So um, I, I believe there's Paolo um, who will be quite important to them with um, with sort of the Asian community. Yeah. Um, and we've got Nicola Willison now. Nicola, yeah, so, she, so she's definitely an asset for, mm. for National. They're very, they've been wanting her and they're very pleased mm. that they've got her coming yep. through the ranks. Uh, and it's a good time for her. She actually had that weird thing of she was in Parliament did the whole induction for new MPs last year and so forth and then was out and so now she comes back in again feeling a bit behind but very happy to be here and she's been expecting it as well she knew she she was she knew it would happen soon it was just a matter of when she's Not smart she'll, she'll pick <laughs> yeah. it up yeah. and interesting seeing you know Amy Adams taking on finance uh again no surprises there I think some people thought that perhaps Simon Bridges would punish those who had gone for the leadership I think it's the opposite mm. he's yep. actually going to give them give them Judith Collins will get a big role probably regional development yeah and she'll be high on the front bench and I think she'll probably have a caucus role where she um really whips them into shape as opposition MPs you know I, I spoke with her throughout the coverage of the leadership um contest um before before they had the vote and um she um mentioned you know that that so many of them have never known an opposition before. Um, she's really keen to do some workshops on, yeah, on sure how to is. really, really, really stick it to, well, they do. And, to and, their opposition. And they do. Yeah. As I've said nearly every week in this podcast for the last six months, National needs to learn now that they are an opposition mm. and they need to, you know, Simon Bridges, and I'm sure this is one of the reasons he got the leadership, he was quick to jump on that um, when the House wrote, started back last mm. year. And so a, a recognition of, hey, we're an opposition, we've got to do things differently now. They've got so many MPs that they can be such a strong opposition, but they need to recognise that things are done differently when you're in opposition than when you're in government. Mm. And so many of that front bench have only ever been in government, including Stephen Joyce. It's very rare for someone to come in Parliament, be in Parliament for nine years, ten years like Stephen Joyce, mm. and actually have only spent six months of that in opposition. Yeah. So, and not not as a minister. Like Stephen Joyce was a minister straight away as soon as he came in. Mm. So, so it is different for them, and they they having someone like Judith Collins there who can, and and Jerry Brownlee, um, Nick Smith, who yeah. can actually give them some of those lessons. Yeah, is will be of help. I think also just going back to Amy Adams on finance, I. You know, a lot, as you say, a lot of people um, were sort of pegging that maybe he wouldn't give her that role um, to punish. But it's going to act as quite a good unifier because, you know, I understand... Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, she was his strongest competition. Um, and I understand that, you know, the people that backed her were really upset. You yes, know, they were, yeah. they were, uh, they were, they were, they're fully behind Simon. Yeah. They, uh, you know, outwardly, but they were really disappointed. So yeah. I think it was probably a, a wise move on his part. Yeah, it'll help them um, try and become a cohesive unit mm. behind that. Again, if you give Judith Collins and Mark Mitchell big mm. roles, talk of Mark Mitchell getting foreign affairs, which uh, Jerry Brownlee would be very unhappy about losing that. He uh, would be, and I would have to say, given Jerry Brownlee is such a statesman and has, um, you know, he, he does have that 
particular role and character in Naus within the party. I'm a little surprised that um, Mark Mitchell would even want that. I feel like a foreign affairs as a portfolio, um, it's, it's amazing when you're the minister, but in, in opposition, it's, it's a nothing portfolio. Yes, yeah. Yeah. yeah, and whether, I mean, Mark Mitchell, you think oh, he was Defence Minister, mm. he could go for Defence and Trade possibly, or mm. maybe he's It's hard to get any areas. traction. It's a hard to, very hard area uh, to, and, and Todd McClay loves trade, you've got to think that they'd keep him mm. in there as well. And Simon Bridges has made it clear that he is working really hard on trying to get that mix of old and new in there, not to lose that old experience, but give give mm. the new ones coming through um, some room to breathe. You could see even when Bill English did his reshuffle how all of a sudden there were these new portfolios portfolios with people mm. with you know getting statistics and things like that so Simon Bridges will be looking at that as well yeah it's a match to, up to against, match, what the, to government match up against the government but also yeah. people just someone getting one spokesperson role as opposed for it to being rolled in mm. so doing things slightly different there as well yeah. now Amy Adams is the first finance spokesperson for a party uh, since Ruth Richardson was finance minister in the 90s first female Ma- a major first, party first, for a major party yes of course so that that is um and and obviously if national win in 2020 if she's still in that role she will be the first female finance minister since, you know, in, in nearly 30 years. Let's have a look at Ruth Richardson when she got that role. I want people in place that will be able to carry the uh, the arguments and the issues through into 1990. And that's been uh, quite uh, important in bringing the, the list of spokespersons together. Mr Bolger's delivered the promised radical shake-up with this new lineup. Jumping to number four and the finance job is Ruth Richardson, who lost the deputy leadership race yesterday. Miss Richardson knew she had the finance job soon after losing the deputy leadership race yesterday. For her, it's been a remarkable two days. It's, it's been exhilarating and my parents thought that we might have posted a treble. My brother took a slow racehorse to Ellerslie and it won. My brother and his wife yesterday produced twin daughters Uh, and today is the treble for the family. Miss Richardson sums up her attitude to economics with this book, No Free Lunch. She says, get the state out of people's lives, and that means look out, Roger Douglas. The state has no business in business. The state has no business crowding out competitive private enterprise, and the state has no business behaving in an incompetent way in the stewardship of this economy. This was a bold political decision by Mr Bolger after much soul-searching on his part. But now he's set in place the necessary structures from which National can take on the government when Parliament opens here next week. And he can do it from a position of strength, something that National didn't enjoy after the 1984 election. And just lastly, uh, this week, and a big an issue I think that's of interest to a lot of people, and is a challenge for central and local government, and that is freedom camping. Now, the last government uh, s- did pass a law in 2012 that would that put in pen- penalties for freedom camping, and other uh, tried to, I guess, get more of a case of law around that. But as our tourist numbers have grown, so have the number of freedom campers. We constantly see stories about people complaining about the disgusting behaviour of some freedom freedom campers. Um, let's take a look at my track uh, on this. It might look idyllic, but these freedom campers say they feel they're being targeted. I do feel like when I get into my van, I am an enemy of the state. The couple tries to be responsible, but recognise some are ruining it for others. You can find a toilet in lots of places. You can find bins in lots of places. There's no excuse to leave trash, to leave (laughs) human waste. 
The Tasman district has its fair share of freedom campers. The initial focus is to provide some basic places with basic facilities where freedom campers who don't want to pay on a campground can stay that are actually not causing negative problems. He was among mayors taking their concerns about human waste, rubbish and overcrowding to the tourism minister. We don't see any of the issues as being insurmountable, it's just it's going to take a bit of time to work through. Local and central government agreed at today's meeting to set up a working group. That will look at the issues and how we balance the need for overarching national consistency with the ability of local communities to set their own rules. Rather than more yakking, rather than more working groups, there's no excuses for kicking this for touch. The government should just get on with it. The clear message from mayors today is that the situation around the country is consistently inconsistent. One of the options they'd like to look at is whether there are more chances for user pays for freedom campers. You use the bathrooms or toilets, you pay for it. It's estimated Freedom Campers spend about $60 a night each. Don't want to kill the golden goose. Some people just don't like uh, Freedom Campers being there, but they're a very real part of our economy. The Tourism Infrastructure Fund set up by the last government provides money for small projects such as new toilet blocks. That's one um, solution, but uh, the, the issue is actually broader than just more toilets. But for campers... More facilities would definitely be a good thing. So they can enjoy New Zealand without getting offside. <laughs> This is another working group from the government Mm. and that was my reaction as soon as Calvin Davis came out and said, oh, yeah, I've had this meeting today and I'm going to set up a working group. I went, oh, of course course you are. But the mayors all seemed happy about it. They say that publicly anyway, that they're happy with that because I guess if you want to identify the the problems and find the solutions, you need to know what all the problems are. Uh, But the issue, of course, is is straight away is, well, then that doesn't solve the problem in the short term. No, no. (laughs) And I, I think the government's probably a bit on the back foot in this because over the over the course of the election campaign, um, you'll you'll remember as well that um, National had a raft of actual freedom camping and tourism announcements that in they all had of in these place. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there is the argument that obviously their policy was a bit piecemeal, but um, but they had something. Um, to work from, um, and I, I don't know that Labor had anything really as a basis to work from. Well, they had talked about introducing a tourist tax, which they've gone quite quiet on, mm. uh, and I'm not sure we think that's part that of actually. the other working group. Yeah, <laughs> there probably is a working group on the tourist tax and bed tax and other so issues like that. Part of the tax working group. Yeah, maybe. maybe yeah, the tur- yeah. Um, <laughs> so who knows? Uh, so, but but they know that this is an issue. The local councils say, or what they said today, was it's consistently inconsistent. And that's right, because it depends where you are in the country, what facilities you have, so forth. I think that Tourism Infrastructure Fund that the last government set up, which gave sort of money for small projects to councils, was a big help. Um, to, for, for things like toilet blocks and tikapo and, and those sorts of yeah. issues. Uh, the council, interestingly, today talking about wanting more user pay options, uh, which, which the whole point of freedom camping is not to pay, of course, is to mm. pay as little as possible. But um, they, they also acknowledge that they want freedom campers in the sense that, and they want to change the name, they want to change it to responsible campers, which I don't think is going to catch on. No, I mean, <laughs> the people that really are causing the problems I don't think you're really going to yeah. change their ways just due to that. But. And yeah, and maybe the working group will actually help come up with more information about how many people are the ones that are actually causing the problems, mm. for instance, and are we ever going to stop that? I mean, Kiwis have travelled around Europe in vans for years, and mm. this is you know this is what people do. Yeah. It's just that because there are so many people coming to New Zealand, we haven't been we haven't caught up in time as mm. New Zealand has a tendency to do to yeah. lag behind on these things in terms of infrastructure and facilities and so forth. So. Now now we'll go for a working group.
see what that comes out with. In the meantime, the next few months, it's not going to solve anything. The hope is that by next summer, there might be some more solutions in place. But Surely they'll have something in the budget, you would imagine, as well, well I, they, for regional. Cal, well, Calvin Davis seemed to be saying that they weren't going to make any changes to that. They may tweak the criteria slightly on the Tourism Infrastructure Fund, but he wasn't certainly wasn't promising any more money. Oh, so, that's interesting. Yeah. Mm, well. <laughs> anyway, that was great to have you with us. Thank you so much, Stacey, for joining us this week. I'm Thank sure we'll have me. you back. Um, this was Inside Parliament, our weekly catch-up about the political news we've been covering on One News. It's available every Thursday evening, we hope, on the One News Facebook page, and check us out on your favourite podcasting app. Yeah.